Welcome to Automotive Insiders, the podcast series presented by OESA, the Original Equipment Suppliers Association. You'll hear from automotive industry experts on the critical issues that are impacting the mobility landscape. Get actionable insights on how to thrive in Automotive 2.0. Now, here's your Automotive Insiders host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome to OESA Automotive Insiders Podcast. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. So happy to be here. Original Equipment Suppliers Association. We've got a really interesting topic for you today and two experts on this topic. We're talking about delivering on the promise of delivery. Now, just everybody let that sink in. You are in the supplier industry. Delivery is part of what you do. How do you make the promise? How do you deliver on the promise? It's almost a play on words. And we're coming, hopefully, out of a year and a half long pandemic, a lot of shutdowns, a lot of disruptions. We'll talk about supply chain today. What does it mean to you? What does it mean to the people who rely on you, who count on you, your ecosystem, your customers, the people who need what you have to deliver? I'm very pleased today to have two experts on this topic. We're going to be speaking with Kathy Fisher. Kathy, for the video, wave hello. Kathy hello. is the founder and president of a company called Quistum, LLC, Q-U-I. I-S-T-E-M. Can't wait for her to tell us how she picked the name and what the company does. And we're joined also by Terry Onika. She spells her last name O-N-I-C-A if you want to find her. She's the director of automotive at QAD. We have two companies that start with Q. I think that must be good luck somewhere in somebody's new year. So let's start off. Kathy Fisher, so happy to meet you. Thank you for joining us. Would you please do me the honor of telling us who you are? What does your company do? How did you pick that name? Kathy, Welcome. Talk to us. <laughs> Thank you, Bonnie. Uh, well, I am the president of Quistum. We initiated Quistum back in 1996. So this is our 25th year uh, in business. And I will tell you where the Quistum came from. Uh, we were originally uh, named Quality Improvement Strategies. And about um, t- 10 years ago or so, our lawyer said, hey, if you want to trademark your company, change your name. And you can kind of see that quality improvement strategies is built in there. <laughs> so, but we're about quality. We are passionate about quality in the automotive industry. And especially this topic of delivery, a lot of my colleagues say, well, why are you focused so much on delivery right now? Well, customer satisfaction is not just about the quality of the product. You've got to get the product to them. So that's what we're all about. <laughs> Thank you very much. And and as I said, this is such a timely topic because so many deliver. Listen, I waited six weeks for a screen door for the front of my house. <laughs> I, I'm waiting a yeah. month for a lenses, bifocal lenses for my regular walking around glasses. Seriously. And they tell me delivery is delayed. Production is lenses for glasses a month. Okay. So we're all, and, and when you talk about automotive, I know from Julie Freem, the CEO of, of OESA, she told me last year, the U.S. production lines of automotive were shut down for 47 days, not one car. And people are not saying you have a car to sell. They're not telling you what you can get to replace it, but you have a used car, we'll buy it right now. So (laughs) delivery, delivery, delivery. Thank you, Kathy. I love the name of your company. Terry Onika, we are so happy to have you join us. Would you please do me the honor of introducing yourself and QAD. We've got three letters all in caps. They must mean something. (laughs) So Terry, you're up. Talk to us. Oh, well, the story of QAD is actually kind of funny. The owners, when they started QAD, 
three-letter acronyms were really po- uh, popular. So they didn't know what to name QAD. So they looked out on the street and it was named Queen Anne's Drive. So they said, let's just go with QAD. <laughs> so we got a couple interesting stories here today. And now we say quality and delivery, but but really it all, it was really the name of the street that they run and the initials for it. So kind of funny about that as well, too. Um, I'm the director of automotive at QAD. I'm responsible for product strategy. We're an ERP solution. And a lot of our customers are tier one suppliers. So, um, and in the supply chain, really tier one to tier N. And we've actually just got a new customer who's a OEM startup. So the, the times are really exciting at the QAD. Uh, my role there, what I do and I'm really passionate about is I spend about 30% of my time involved in industry standards uh, working with OEMs and the supply chain on how to improve it. Uh, you know, really, how do we make it better? And so Obviously, for many years, we've been working at this. And I think as you talk to Kathy and I, one of the things that we're really passionate about is that supply chain has been really starved for many years. A lot of the focus has been on engineering, innovation, quality. I know I used to work at Johnson Controls. You know, supply chain was just heroics, really. Get the get the product there on time. And and we really believe the lack of that um that kind of starving of it or not focusing on it is really kind of why we're here today. And we'll we'll be talking a lot about that. Thank you very much. Queen Anne's Drive. Is that in Seattle? Is that Seattle possibly? I don't uh, California. Our headquarters California. is in California. Okay. There's a, a Queen <laughs> Queen Anne's Hill, I think, in, in Seattle. Thank you very much. Ladies, I'm gonna throw a curveball at you. We didn't talk about this when we prepped. I've only met you about twelve and a half minutes ago. Ooh, do you remember your first car? Kathy Fisher, talk to me briefly. We'd love to know. Go ahead. So the first car I ever sat in behind the driver's wheel, I was eight years old, and it was a Pinto, which was a race car. It was the 7-Eleven Pinto that was being raced in NASCAR modified racing. And that's actually how I got involved in the automotive industry, was I was kind of a car nut. I hung out with my dad at racetracks, garages, and that was the first car I sat behind. The first car I owned was a 1976 Cadillac Coupe DeVille. I paid my dad $1 for it when I moved out to Michigan to go to school. And him and I spent the summer rebuilding the engine, and I drove it out to Michigan, and that was my first ride. <laughs> a woman who rebuilt an engine and paid a dollar for a Coupe DeVille. I think we need to do a whole separate spinoff show with you, <laughs> Kathy Fisher. Haven't heard that one. Do you remember the color of the Cadillac? What color Cadillac was it? Cadillac was a mint green with a dark green Landau and white interior, white leather interior. Of course it had a white leather interior. What would you put with two-tone green exterior? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Still I love that car. And of course, when I was in college, like we could put everybody in there. So it was the ultimate party mobile, but I couldn't go very far because gas was very expensive back then. And I think it had like a 28 gallon tank on it. So. What, what was gas? About a dollar a oh gallon? God. Well, so this was back in the early 1980s. So okay. yeah, it was probably a dollar, dollar fifty. I mean, like it was a lot of money for a college student. Let's just put it that way. Absolutely. As absolutely. My, my dad had a, it was a Cutlass Supreme, a Buick, Buick Electra 225, oh, Navy yes. blue. It was a boat. It was midnight blue. And once in a while, he let me take it to school. And I picked up some friends on the way and arrived in this magnificent machine in front of Bayside High School in New York. It was really fun. I love that car. Terry, we'd love to have a brief first car story from you if you'd like to share with us. Yeah, what did 
Kathy and I share something else in common. Mine was a 1990, 1976 Volari. Uh, um, My dad worked for Chrysler. So all three of his girls, we got a used uh, new car, but they were all Chrysler's. <laughs> wow. And do you remember the color of the car? It was rust. It was a rust color. Rust color. Very, <laughs> yeah. very interesting. Automatic or, or rust? Automatic. Automatic. Yes. Automatic. Yeah. Okay. And I assume the Cadillac was automatic too, right, Cadillac? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now, getting back to the topic of why we're here. Thank you for sharing your stories. I always like to ask, is it just because everybody warmed up? And this is a show about automotive. Come on. <laughs> Delivering on the promise of delivery. This is part one of two episodes we're going to do on this topic because it's so big, we can't even contain it all in one. Let's talk about first topic. I'll ask you some background information, some thoughts, some thought leadership. Kathy Fisher, the automotive supply chain is in crisis and it's not just because of COVID. And you say, as an industry, we have not learned our lessons from the past to prevent disruptions. That's a loaded statement. Kathy, I'm putting you a full screen speaker view. Unpack this, please. And then we'll see what Terry has to say. Kathy, go ahead. Absolutely. Well, you know, even before COVID occurred, delivery has always been a big issue in the automotive industry. And in particular, just before COVID happened, we were working with some uh, organizations, especially OEMs, that were suffering greatly in terms of service parts delivery. I don't know if you read some of the stories during COVID last year about people having to wait for eight months to get their cars fixed. But service parts delivery has been a historic ongoing issue. The other things that we tend to see is that despite the industry really making massive improvements in terms of vehicle quality, we see that with the J.D. Powers initial quality survey and safety. I mean, the safety improvements have been phenomenal. We've not really gotten much better in terms of delivery and delivery performance. And this was an area that probably about five years ago, I said to Terry, we really need to open our eyes to the future distribution channels for, uh, for the automotive industry, and it's going to go online. We could see that already happening, and that was kind of the emergence of Amazon, and you know, today everything is bought on Amazon. And I said to her, we really need to focus the industry around how do we improve delivery? How do we put the spotlight on this very important aspect of our industry that's going to sustain us going forward. And unfortunately, what we've seen is that the industry tends to invest in the technology on the shop floor. They always talk about value-added manufacturing processes, and all that supply chain stuff is non-value-add. But we're here to tell you that money is made in the supply chain, not just on the shop floor. And that's a really important message for the whole industry, isn't it, Kathy? Terry Onico, we want to hear what you have to say about this important, these these buzz bylines that Kathy has said. This is really important for yeah. our listeners to listen up and pay attention to this. This is, you saw this coming, right, Kathy mm-hmm. and Terry? And here we are. So, Terry, thoughts, please. I, my thoughts around this are um, I do a lot of work with suppliers to earn their preferred star- supplier status with their OEM customers. And as I go out to sit with them to get qualified on their supply chain processes, oftentimes I'm met by the quality manager. And I'm thinking, why is it the quality manager meeting me to discuss supply chain topics? And so it, it supply chain has taken such a second, I'd say even a third layer down of importance I'm just not surprised that this is where we're at today. And often, you know, immediately I'll say, okay, we need to talk to the person that's in supply chain. And then when you start to look at the processes, 
there's just a lot of times at the plant level, they're very generic. They're, you know, because I think they're firefighting every day as well, too. I have a lot of sympathy for them, but they're just not robust enough, their processes. And I think that's a lot of it just kind of has to do with there's not been a lot of attention paid. And there's not this holistic view like Kathy and I are really promoting. Let's look at quality and supply chain holistically. And then, by the way, let's put IT in there so that we can start to leverage this information and start to use things like advanced technologies in the future to, to become more predictive in our processes. Thank you both. Interesting topic. And Kathy, I noticed you blended in your second topic about money is made in the supply chain, not just on the shop floor. But what I want to talk about is people. I'm looking at your third topic. You're going to say for automation to really work, automotive manufacturers must begin with supply chain processes and people. Now, a question I ask on many of my radio shows is, whose job is it? You say, we need to look at. We need to pay it. Who is the we? Are we talking the C-suite and small? Are these tier one, tier two, tier three suppliers? Who is the we? Whose job is it to look at this and anticipate and say, wait a minute, we're not paying enough attention to supply chain. We have to be prepared for, anticipate, maybe even pre-design what a future disruption might look like so it doesn't hit us that hard. So Kathy, what's your thought? Who To whom are we speaking with all of these insights you and Barry are sharing? Well, we're speaking to two, uh, two groups. Number one is the industry as a whole, because the industry has traditionally depended on industry associations and organizations to establish standards and really uh, the foundations to ensure that the automotive industry is the manufacturing benchmark, not just in this country, but globally, it is the manufacturing benchmark. And so we depend on those industry organizations to set the benchmark that's going to keep us above and beyond any other manufacturers. So certainly we need to get them involved. But more importantly, within the organizations, it's the CEOs. It's very interesting that last year when we are coming out of COVID, I remember listening to an interview of a number of CEOs of OEMs and Tier 1s. And they were always talking about their new technology. Mm-hmm. Nobody said a thing about supply chain. And look, this supply chain stuff, as we said, this has been happening for a long time, long before COVID. And we were sitting in the middle already of supply chain disruptions at last summer. Yet there was no focus by the CEOs in the major OEMs and tier one manufacturers on how are we addressing our supply chain deficiencies. Kathy, talking about IT, talking about technology, that's sexy, isn't it? Look at the new tools we got. Look at how we're using AI. Look at how we're using machine learning, ML. Look at how we're using Internet of Things sensors. We have all these great advancements. We're such a smart company. But you're saying, look look back, supply chain, delivery, delivery, delivery. Terry, Terry, talk to us. Thoughts, please. So, so the other thing that I'd like to add to what Kathy had to say is the other thing Kathy and I see is this big disconnect between corporate and the plant. Mm-hmm. So the plant is executing the day-to-day. The corporate's out there, you know, talking about where we need to go. But Kathy and I, every time we're out talking with suppliers, there's such a huge disconnect. If I could say any big recommendation is at the seed level, get to the plant, talk to the plant managers, look at what you're measuring them on too. You know, what is the plant being measured on? Is it is it just, you know, cost? Because sometimes if it's cost, maybe that's why we're not getting to our supply chain processes and making them better. And we're not using the technologies that we that we should be using out there in the in the in the manufacturing facility. So I think that's another huge area that needs to be looked at. 
I think you're holding up the mirror of a reality check, Kathy and Terry, and saying, we need to take not a long pause, a short pause, but look intently at what's happening behind the scenes. Am I right mm-hmm. on that, Kathy? Yeah. It's, it's time. We often talk about laggards in technology, but you're saying there could be laggards in just the processes, the looking at how things are working in the supply chain. Is this a, a forgotten, is this an ignored part of businesses you're seeing today, Kathy? I don't think the looking at processes is ignored because as I said, we've made great strides from the quality front, but the situation is we live in an Amazon world. You ask anybody, what is your expectation of delivery in an Amazon world? Two days, unanimously. Or two hours. (laughs) Or two hours. But Used to be, used to be. Okay, so let's say it's two days. Everybody's going to agree it's two days. Vehicle sales is heading in that, it's there. I mean, it's heading in that direction and if that's the delivery promise that we're going to give to our to our customers, the consumers, mm-hmm. then our back-end processes have to support that. Right now, I think we're there quality and safety standpoint. But when it comes to delivery, the back-end processes are not clearly recognized, they're not defined, and they're not maintained to ensure consistency and being able to hit that two, two-day mark, let's say. So the last mile, which we talk about, right, last mile delivery in many industries literally means something in automotive, doesn't it? Terry, I'm going to give you a chance to respond to what Kathy said, and then we'll wrap up with a little future view, a crystal ball prediction, if you will. uh, Terry, go ahead. Yeah, I think the other thing that Kathy and I like to ask the question is go look at your supplier scorecard that you give to your suppliers. How much of that is, is, is weighted on delivery performance? very telling. We find a lot of organizations, if you look at 100 points you can get for your score, you know, delivery is 15 points. What does that tell your supply chain? Not that important, right? So so really, we have to really step back and, and we're really hoping going forward that we can really change this in the industry and that we, we have to. There, there's, there's no way about it. We have to get... Can you imagine ordering a car online? And what Kathy and I often see is just spreadsheets. And often as you get below tier one, how are we going to communicate fast enough? Kathy and I were shocked that it took, uh, you know, with the semiconductor, when the OEMs had to turn the, the, the boat there, that it took so long to get down to the bottom of the supply chain. We got to get better with automation as well, too. Absolutely. Very interesting points. Crystal Ball, if we met again, it is now, we're recording this episode, I will say it's October 1st. Where has 2021 gone? We couldn't wait to get through 2020. And now it's what? 2022. And we're still hoping for a better year. Kathy Fisher, if we met again, and I hope we will sooner than that, but one year from today, October 1st, 2022, would we still be talking about delivering on the delivery promise? Kathy first, then Terry, go ahead. Wow. I hate to say based on our track record, yes, we'll still be talking about this. And um, hopefully we can get some traction, but it's really going to take a concerted effort of the industry to reinforce the importance of delivery and supply chain by putting those standards, those expectations in place that they've done with quality and and safety. And then the other part of it is organizations recognizing that, yes, you may be a technology or manufacturing company, but what you make is not going to have any value if it's not in the hands of your customers. So (laughs) that's got to change inside the organizations and recognizing that's where their money is, is in the supply chain. Thank you. 
Terry Onika, closing I, thoughts. Prediction. I have to agree with Kathy. I'm I'm really worried about the supply chain because we are so behind and looking at supply chain issues, and now we're just buried in firefighting. And if anything, I hope the 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 people out there that are listening to this can at least start the process and say we need to become supply chain focused today and start working towards getting those processes in place throughout the supply chain. Start having the communications throughout the whole supply chain that we really need. We have to make time for it. I know it's hard with firefighting, but if we don't, I fear we're going to still be here next year. Words of looking ahead. We, You've all been warned. I can say, <laughs> we can say to our listeners, you've all been warned. I want to do a shout out to Drew Rhodes at OESA and to David Johnson at OESA. Thank you for helping put this together. Kathy Fisher at Quistum, I learned a new word, LLC, <laughs> and Terry Onika at QAD. I'm not going to forget that name for a long, long time, <laughs> Queen Anne's Drive. Seriously, quality, quality and delivery, quality, and what was the other one? Quality and quality delivery is well, delivery today, hey. right? <laughs> it worked yeah. out well <laughs> yeah next time i see you you'll change it. it'll mean something else and that's okay that's perfectly fine bonnie d graham signing off for another interesting very interesting and wise opportunity to speak with two experts in the automotive field thank you kathy thank you terry wave goodbye bye bye from oesa <laughs> automotive insiders bye thank you bonnie thank you Thanks again for tuning in to Automotive Insiders, presented by OESA. Listen at your convenience to industry thought leaders as they discuss the ever-evolving industry and how companies can thrive in the new mobility landscape. All episodes are on demand on the Voice America Business Channel and at OESA.org. Automotive Insider is presented by the Original Equipment Suppliers Association.